Our first reading is from Psalm 46. And as you listen to the text, you'll hear hints of the creation story. So listen now for God's word from Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult, Selah. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of the city. It shall not be moved. God will help it when the morning dawns. The nations are in an uproar. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Come and behold the works of the Lord. See what desolation he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shield with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Reading from Romans chapter 12, verse 2, and then verses 9 to 17. The Apostle Paul says to us, Do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may discern what is the will of God that is good and acceptable and perfect. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lag in zeal. Be ardent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope, be patient in suffering, persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints, extend hospitality to strangers. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I don't know about you. I don't know. I don't know if you know anyone who doesn't have a worry, a extra stress right now. I mean, maybe you know somebody whose life is normal, who goes on about each day and it's just the same as it was last week, last year, last time. Normal people having a normal life. I don't know any of those folks, maybe some of you, maybe some good retired folk who don't have to babysit grandkids or have to worry about children and their schedule or picking up here and dropping off there. I mean, maybe there are some of those kind of grandparents around. Maybe there are some that uh, aren't worried about inflation and the changing of prices and how expensive gas has got or food's got. I mean, maybe there are some independently wealthy folks here that don't ever check their balance or worry about any of the money things. And maybe some of those good, wealthy, no kids, no stress, 
people don't bother with the news, don't ever turn on the channel, don't ever have to think about what goes on in the world or what shooting or bombing has happened. Maybe they just tune all that out and just go on about their normal day, having a normal life like they always do. Maybe you know some of those folks. Maybe you're one of those folks, those no kid, no worry, no news, no stress, independently wealthy, no inflation, no problems kind of people. I'm not. I'm not even sure I know anyone like that. I'm not even sure I know anybody who's not really feeling a little stressed in the world these days, who's not really feeling a little pressured. I mean, there's been a whole lot of shaking going on in this world of ours in the last few years. And for the last couple of years, I've been the pastor down at Stewartstown in Southern York County, and then also doing some business work. I remember that session meeting in February of 2020 where we sat around and, and considered whether we had to consider what to do if COVID got to be a problem. You know, one of the church ladies said something like, we've been here for 175 years and we're not closing this church. I, I think she meant she had been there for 175 years. but. <laughs> Two weeks later, we locked the doors and posted the signs, and uh, that Sunday we were on Facebook on our brand new YouTube channel. And just like that, the world changed. On the business side, we said, well, maybe we should buy some extra laptops in case some folks have to work from home. And then just like that, half the company was working remotely. It just seemed like it all took place so quickly. And now in my world right this moment, I've kind of switched and I'm mostly a small businessman and I, I do some church stuff on the side, but it seems like the world is still, still shaking, still reverberating with some of that stress. A month and a half ago, my, my wife and I had our first COVID cases and we weren't terribly sick. We weren't worried about dying or being in the hospital, but we weren't feeling quite right either. And we had to mask and stay away and quarantine and do all that kind of stuff. And almost every other week, somebody in my office has some sort of COVID case or some sort of thing they have to worry about. This week, one of the younger workers came and said, well, she had to go home right now because her babysitter had tested positive for COVID and she had to go home and watch her new baby. And now, that wasn't her regular babysitter. Her regular babysitter was on two-week vacation to de-stress from being the babysitter. And it, it wasn't the backup babysitter because that backup babysitter had to go pick up her grandkids. So it was the backup to the backup babysitter who now had COVID, and so she had to go home. That's how much the world seems to be shaking. And it, maybe you haven't noticed, but prices seem to have just suddenly jumped up all over the place. I mean, it's like 1978 again. And inflation is way up and costs are way up and food and grocery store things are way up. And I don't know about you, but during COVID, it seemed like a ton of folks kind of stepped out of the work world and that's left a lot of other folks just scrambling and scratching their heads and trying to keep up with all the extra stress. And apparently we're having another public health crisis, monkeypox. But if you haven't heard or haven't concerned yourself with that, don't worry. We're, we're all still getting over the last public health crisis. We, we got no time or energy for another public health crisis. We're all still so bruised and battered and burned out from the last one. We're, we're not even thinking about the next one. But what did you expect? There's been a whole lot of shaking going on. And if you haven't avoided the news, and, and let's just all agree, we should all avoid the news 
But if we haven't avoided the news, well, then there's Ukraine and Russia and China and Taiwan and droughts and wildfires and shootings and trials and all kinds of stuff. And we're all busy trying to reinvent and pivot and change and keep up and readdress and rewrite. And in the midst of that, I turn to this psalm, God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in times of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, though mountains shake in the heart of the sea. The ancient Hebrew people were desert people, right? You know, they they lived in Israel. They lived their lives in the desert. They were not seafaring people. And often in the Bible, whenever you see a reference to ocean or water or seas, it's a a reference to darkness and chaos and, and kind of things out of our control. The deep is where the sea monsters live. The deep is where chaos comes from. Like in the creation story, in Genesis 1, all is formless and void and darkness and water. And the Spirit of the Lord moves over all of that. And then the voice of the Lord speaks. And by the power of the Lord, God calls forth light into the darkness And then God speaks again and God separates the waters above from the waters below and God pushes apart the chaos and there is space for the will of God. The Hebrews often thought that water, chaos surrounded creation, surrounded the world. The world sat in a pool of water and it was just the will of God that kept it at bay, kept it from overflowing, kept the bounds of chaos. And then the voice of God speaks again. God calls forth dry land. By his will, by his voice, by his power, God pushes all of this back. And the psalmist is thinking about that as he's writing these words, for he makes this contrast between darkness and chaos and water. And they were always encroaching on us, always at the boundaries of our world, always threatening us. And there are times when the very core of our world shakes. Though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though the world quivers at its very core, we will not fear. God is with us. In contrast to the deadly chaos of the sea, there is the stream of the city of God. It's not a, not a river, not a mighty Mississippi. It is a little stream. We should not expect that God will just overflow us with his power and love. It is a living stream, though. It is enough to feed the people of God. In contrast to the darkness, the text says, when morning comes, God will help. And like the image of sea which roars and foams, there's the nations that are in tumult, that totter and melt. In contrast to all that violence, there's God who breaks the bow and shatters the spear. The Lord is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. That's a, we think, a a musical term which tells tells the singers to rest. Again, another reference to the creation story for the voice that had done all of that work, that had called forth creation, that had separated itself from the chaos, the voice rests on the seventh day. 
The psalmist knows how quickly things turn to chaos, how quickly the world feels unsettled, how quickly life has changed. We know how quickly things change, how much the world has been unsettled. We know how easy our lives get out of tilt. A couple of weeks ago, I was listening to the news and they were talking about Ukraine and one of the commentators was saying that they, they think that Putin's new strategy is to just destroy things. Not to take it over, not to claim stuff, just to wreak havoc, just to blow up train stations and power stations and just blow up malls and hospitals. Whatever they can blow up, they're just going to leave it a pile of rubble. And I find that unimaginable. I, I just cannot imagine that a reasonable human being would just want to wreak havoc on somebody, just destroy a country, a people. Hard for me to grasp. But perhaps the psalmist knew better. Perhaps they knew that kind of upheaval, that kind of destruction. For they, they don't say we should go around screaming, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. Instead, the psalmist directs us back to the stillness of God. Be still and know that I am God, the psalmist quotes. A God of stillness in contrast to the shaking of the world. Perhaps the psalmist also thought of Psalm 62. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall never be shaken. Psalm 46 is not the only place where the Bible talks about things being shaken. A few weeks ago, I was listening to a sermon. A preacher made reference to Matthew 2, the story of the Magi, and Matthew 14, the story of Jesus walking on the water at night to his disciples. And oddly enough, both of those stories have a Greek word that means to be shaken or disrupted. In the story of the Magi, the, the Magi come to Herod in Jerusalem, and Herod is frightened, and all of Jerusalem with him. He is shaken at his core. The word is not an emotional word, it is a physical word. Herod is shaken. When Someone comes to the king of the Jews seeking the king of kings. The world is shaken. And in Matthew 14, as Jesus walks on the waters, the disciples think it's a ghost. But he says, no, don't be afraid. It's I. And they are quivering in their boots. They are shaking, the text says. For even if it's not a ghost, who then is this that can walk on the water? Who then is this guy that they just had breakfast with? They are shaken. We never could have imagined at the beginning of 2020 how the world would change, how much church life would change. We, we never could have imagined how quickly many of our churches transitioned to Zoom meetings and Zoom worship and parking lot announcements and all kinds of crazy things. And we probably could not have imagined how much political fighting or physical fighting we would all go through. Go through at a time when we should have all been united, should have all been encouraging one another, should have been really rallying together, and instead we were shaken. It's the same word when Jesus goes to the home of Mary and Martha. Lazarus is in the tomb People are unconsolable, and even Jesus is shaken. 
his heart is moved. In contrast to that, we have the same word in John where Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be shaken, troubled. Do not let them be afraid. Peace, stillness, in contrast to this motion, this activity, this quivering. Other other words the Bible uses, other words the New Testament uses for shaking, like earthquake, like in the Gospel of Matthew, when Jesus is dying on the cross and the world begins to shake as if the whole earth is grieving this death. And Matthew says, Now when the centurion and those with him who were keeping watch over Jesus saw the earthquake and what took place, they were terrified. They were shaken. And they said, Truly this man was God's son. Shaken at their core. And there is no way for us to get around this. No way for us to kind of step out. The world is always changing. And evil and darkness and chaos are always out there somewhere trying to shake things up and break things apart. There's always going to be something just over the horizon. And change isn't all bad. And not all the things that change are terrible things. God is often able to bring good out of change but it seems like we've had an awful lot of upheaval, an awful lot of destruction and chaos and terrible things. And what surprises me about that, this season of change, isn't that there's been lots of change or that things are chaotic or that politicians have acted badly or that churches have been creative and faithful. What surprises me about this season of change is how I am still impacted. I still get worked up by all the political drama and swept away by the news stories, how I still worry about friends and jobs and inflation and the world. And even though I work in the world, I'm not supposed to be of the world, right? We are are children of God. We are Easter people, right? We're people of the resurrection, we're washed in the blood of the Lamb, we're standing upon the promises, we have faith We lean on the everlasting arms, we stand upon the rock, and yet I find that it all still wears on me. The concerns and problems still shake me. I mean, just this morning, as I was getting ready to get dressed and get out the door and get here, I was anxious about getting here in time for the early service, and I've been busy moving, and things are in boxes, and we're packing, and we still have stuff in this house and that house and not in our house, and I'm looking around, and I cannot find my shoes. And I thought, well, maybe I could stand behind the pulpit and not have on good shoes. But what would I do if I don't have on good shoes? I mean, if I'm wearing sneakers in church, I just can't do that. How easily we get swept away by our own thoughts, our own concerns. And as if it isn't that, it's the news or the politics or maybe stuff closer to our hearts. A friend has a spot that's cancerous. Co-worker has a 20-something son who has mental illness. A couple is going through a divorce. And the mountains shake in the heart of the sea. And I find myself turning again and again to Paul in, 12, in Romans 12. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. 
And I find myself thinking again and again about that. He doesn't tell us to be disengaged. He doesn't tell us to be disinterested even. He doesn't say, well, go out and find yourself a happy place and surround yourselves with happy people and have a nice little gated community kind of life. No, he doesn't say any of that. He doesn't say focus on yourselves and make yourselves happy. No, these are engaging words he gives us. Powerful words. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Outdo one another. Do not lag. These are impacting words. These are engaging things. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in suffering. Persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs. Extend hospitality. This is us fighting the darkness. This is us working against the chaos. This is us pushing back against the shaking. These are powerful, active words, but they're not aggressive words. They're not destructive. They're not domineering. Sometimes I think Christians have gotten it a bit confused. The idea of being a, a Christian soldier, of being a Christian warfare, is not the same as being a modern street fighter. There is a difference, and Paul lays it out. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty. Do not claim to be wiser. Do not repay evil for evil. This is our way of life. And it is a life-giving way. A light-giving way. It is a way that establishes the order of the kingdom of God in a world that always breaks out in chaos. And I have come back again and again to these words in the last few years, for I have found a rootedness in them, a centeredness, a stillness. And we should not forget ever that God is our refuge, a very present help in times of trouble. And we should not forget that God is the one who holds this shaking globe always. At the end of Matthew's gospel, there's another story about the world being shaken. The world is shaken in an earthquake, and the stone rolls away, and the soldiers faint away, and an angel speaks, he is not here, he has risen. Ultimately, it is Jesus who rocks our world. Amen.